It's time! Fight fans and degenerate gamblers, welcome to the Thick Boys Fight Club, where there are only two rules. Rule number one, always talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. Rule number two, talk about Thick Boys Fight Club, even if no one wants to talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. All right. We are back again. Fight week again, baby. I'm That's Nate. right. Another episode <laughs> of Thick Boys Fight Club. I'm yep. Ty. <laughs> and um, real quick, guys, I'm just going to jump into it one last time. Guys, I know we said we're doing, doing the drawing on the 10th on the Monday, but we've decided because we usually put our episodes out on Sunday night, we're just going to do the drawing with our next episode. So this is your last chance to enter for that either Daniel Cormier or Stipe Miocic t-shirt. Remember, you just got to be subscribed, and every time you liked and com- commented, you're entered additionally into the competition. So we're going to do the drawing on Sunday night. We're going to hit up the winner for all their information, and one of you is going to get to wear your favorite T-shirt to that fight exactly. on Saturday night. I believe there's like 20 guys right now eligible for it from what I can see. Yep. Hopefully you guys uh, get a few more on there. You know, If we get a few more, maybe we'll even sweeten it up a little bit for you guys but we'll see what happens um yeah comment like and subscribe remember do all three to be entered so right on um yeah let's break it down this is a little news from this week real quick uh, i just want to tell you how bad my heart is broken for my boys to beat magnamev sheripov yaya rodriguez unfortunately had to drop out of the fight i'm not exactly sure why i just saw the news that a beast fightless now and that's such a bummer for a talent like him yeah that's a huge bummer we'll see what happens here so i'm laughing at the stuff going on through the internet so far we got Zabit here slamming um rodriguez saying you got no balls so <laughs> i don't know no huh? yeah for that also though i like what Zabit did here he turned around and called out volkanovsky and said, come on, man, let's try some new blood. So, you know, Look, for that, I like, obviously, for sure. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea necessarily. Let's be realistic here. He's He's got to be the number one contender at 145 pounds right now, besides Max. Okay, so he's number two. Yeah. Number two next to Max. Like, I don't know which guys you put in front of him. The only reason he doesn't have, in my opinion, doesn't have more wins to his name is that who's signing up to fight that guy? Like. Yeah, exactly. not very many people. No, not at all. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. Also, very intriguing matchup on the horizon here that I actually hope they kind of make. Um, I think this would draw a little attention. We got Leon Edwards is calling out Jorge Masvidal, saying honestly, it's the only fight that makes sense. And you know what? For, per his credit, it really does. I mean, Leon Edwards is next in line. You got yeah, he's, Jorge, he's definitely one of the three. Yeah. Jorge, who just lost. This would only help Jorge if he wins, obviously. But, I mean, the storyline that we can go behind that fight would be great. I mean, that playing the that replay of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, that would be great. I hope they make that. I think there'll be a little bad blood there. It would, might be a, end up being a great fight. And then also, guys, just so we know real quick, they announced today Mark Goddard will be the referee overseeing Stipe versus Daniel coming up next week. Lay off the cocktails, my friend. <laughs> Lay off the cocktails. 
But without further ado, guys, let's get into it. We got some exciting fights coming up on Saturday night. Let's break it down for you. See if we can make some money. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know what, guys? For the first fight of the main event, you're in for a treat. This is probably what I'm picking for fight of the night on the main card. Benel Dariush, 18-4-1, coming in as the minus-175 favorite, fighting in the lightweight division against Scott Holtzman, 14-3, plus-155. Nick, you want to start it off? Yeah, you got uh, you know, Scott Hot sauce wholesome, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm really liking um, Darius here for a couple of reasons. You got Scott, you know, looking at um, his stats and whatnot. He's only, he's a, not, I say only, sorry. Respect, respect. <laughs> you are a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Darius is a complete black belt, and he got there very fast. You know, he was a, a he accelerated very quickly in the BJJ. As well as that, ben, uh, sorry, Dariush is also a Muay Thai fighter. So he got. A, I feel he has a couple more skills in his pocket. You know, also looking back at Scott's last fights, I mean, just going to be real, man. You lost to Nick Lentz, who is on his downhill trend anyways. And your last major win, you're talking about grinding out against Jim Miller. Uh I love Jim Miller. Don't hate me, fans, but we got to be real. Like, the guy's old. He's declining. I don't really consider that. If I beat him right now, I wouldn't consider myself hot shit if I, that was what I'm coming off of. You know, Darius, he not, he's, I liked his comments he made. You know, he said he's giving Scott respect and whatnot. He's also, though, pretty bummed that he's not fighting out in the top 10. He feels he definitely deserves it. And honestly, after that last knockout, I think he does too. I mean, he should be on a trajectory to go up, not fighting guys that are either, you know, lateral moves or down for sure. So for his sake, I'm going with Darius. I hope he gets it off. I hope this isn't a um, back step, step backwards for him as we've seen it could be. But honestly, after a brutal knockout and some of the submission game that he's got, man, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Look, Scott Holtzman here. Look, out of the two of them, he is the much more physically gifted fighters. He's really big for the division, really strong. He's got nasty one-punch knockout power. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, so, like great ground and pound. He's got really clean boxing. His um, takedown defense, it's it's good. It's not great. He's also got good takedowns. What I like about him is he is willing to shoot for the takedowns as well. He's not just going to keep it a stand-up fight. If he does see it's going to help him win rounds, he's willing to do it. But saying that, Benel Dariush, this is actually going to be his second run into the top 10 of the division. Look, training out of King's MMA, he's a BJJ black belt, like Nick said. He's also a black belt under Rafael Cordero, Foy Muay Thai. And let's be fucking realistic here. Rafael Cordero has got to be one of the best Muay Thai instructors in the MMA game right now. He's turned guys like Fabricio Verdum around. And the names aren't coming to me right off the top of my head, but he's got a long list of accomplished Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts that he turns into these elite strikers because he teaches them that, look, you're so good on the ground, you have nothing to worry about. You don't have to be worried about being taken down because, if anything, that helps your game out even more. I'm just trying to make you a savage on the feet. 
look, he's really calm under pressure. Um, when you watch the Drew Dober fight, he got rocked. He stayed in the pocket, just used a little head movement, and then perfectly timed that clinch, give him this time to recover. And then, you know, he, like Nick said, got some sick stand-up, was able to knock a few guys out. And that's just on the feet. When he's on the ground, man, he's got some of the slickest transitions from submission to submission, just tapping guys out. I think he got a beautiful um, triangle armbar. Who was it on? Sorry, yeah, against Drew Dober. Yeah. Off of his back. So, look, man, this guy's just got all the tools to win this fight. He's also got some pretty solid takedowns. He's not elite by any stretch of the imagination. But I see this fight playing out similar to when Scott Holtzman fought Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz has pretty solid stand-up. He actually trains under um, – God, I'm just trying to remember his name now. Dutch kickboxer Henry Hooft was able to use that Dutch kickboxing, shoot for takedowns, pressure him against the cage, take him down, get a lot of ground control, won the first two rounds, kind of gassed out in the third. I don't see Bunnell gassing out. I think it's going to be the same game plan, though. Just enough stand-up to make him respect you, then shoot, pin him against the cage, take him down, work your magic. And for that reason, you got to take Darius for this one. Oh. Yeah. Uh, coming up next in the women's Bantamweight division, we have Yana Kunitskaya, 12-5, coming in as a minus 240 favorite, fighting Julia Storler. I'm so sorry, Stolaranko. Yep. 9 4 and 1 coming in as the plus 200 underdog. Look, Julia is a submission specialist. Specifically, she is best known for her arm bars. She has eight arm bar submissions to her name, but that is the only submission she has. But what's sick about her is she's willing to pull guard. She'll be in the clinch and just drop down to an arm bar, go for it. She's got some pretty solid stand up as well. If you watched her last Invicta fight for the title, was just a bloodbath. I don't think I've seen as much blood in a fight as that one. I, I can't remember the last time. Maybe the Joe Stevenson fight against BJ Penn would have been the next closest bloody fight I've ever seen. But she's a straight-up savage. There's no doubt about it. But this is going to be her UFC debut. Yes, she has done one 25-minute championship fight. But then you're talking about Yana over here, trains out Jackson Winklejohn. Seven KO victories. She's a Russian Muay Thai and Taekwondo champion. Some really great kicks, leg kicks, body kicks, head kicks. And then on top of that, when she is taken down, she does have an active guard, does try to get submissions. She's really big for the 135-pound division. She does fight at 145 as well. Really strong in the clinch. She's a volume striker. And I think it's going to be enough to overwhelm her. On top of that, she has all that veteran experience here in the UFC, which I think is going to – we're seeing it, is that veteran experience is huge. When these people are coming in or, you know, these young up-and-comers are coming in to UFC and, you know, the big lights are shining and all that pressure's on them, for a lot of them, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily bring out the best version of themselves. Yeah, so for that reason, I'm taking Yana. Okay. Yeah, as Ty's saying, Yana's um, obviously the more experienced fighter here. But, you know, as we've seen from Yana lately, she didn't have a good fight against Aspen Ladd. You know, she actually got knocked out. She had a war with Chris Cyborg. I, I just, I, for those reasons, I'm kind of starting to doubt Yana a little bit here. If you're a gambler, you want to gamble, I think you got to go with Julia. She's come, like Ty just said, 
that Invicta fight was brutal and there was blood everywhere. She hung in there, got the job done. As if you want, go back and watch that fight. This girl is willing to throw down for an arm bar from any position. She will jump at you and try to grab one. I mean, it's crazy. She's like a little spider monkey. Ain't <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that the truth? You know, I just, you know, Yana has not looked as good as she in the UFC as she did in the Invicta series. That's just a fact, and there's truth to that. Um, you know, obviously, like Ty's saying, Yana has the more experience, but with the plus money on Julia, I would take that all day. Yeah, look, I may be picking Yana, guys, to win this fight, but I'm probably going to bid on Julia for the plus 200 money that you're going to be getting, and she's an Invicta champion. And like Nick said, Yana hasn't necessarily proven she's been the best version of herself. Like, at two-to-one odds, guys, with someone who can win it, that's who you might want to take. You might even want to just put Julia by submission. You know, that's probably going to be like, what, plus five, 600, yeah. something like that. Yeah. On the day of, I'll probably bet on Julia. But the, if you guys are looking for a safe pick, it's probably going to be Yana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up in the middleweight division, we've got the local Waianae Coconut Hands. Maki Pitolo, 13-5, and five, coming in as a plus-145 underdog, fighting Darren the Dentist Stewart, 11-5, and five, minus 165. Nick, take it away. Well, as he said, Darren the Dentist Stewart, man. I'm going to go with Stewart here. The reason being, first and foremost, is I watched a particular fight against Charles Bird. Both of them were able to knock them out, but the way that Stewart knocked them out just was so much – there was just so much more power there than I felt from Maki. You know, Maki got it done, but it was kind of like Maki was getting worked, got lucky, did what he always does, just kind of finally pins the guy up against the fence, starts teeing off, and that's kind of his game plan. You know, as we've seen, these guys that are more one-dimensional and don't have a lot of tools in the toolbox – don't seem to go very far in the UFC. I mean, Maki is a very small dude at that 185 division. Um, you know, he said he walks around at 215. So cutting that weight is obviously hard for him. He said that. He, he really wants to – he tried to go down to the 170ers, but, you know, like you said, he's had too hard time making the weight. So he's kind of stuck here at this 185. Um, because of that, I think when he starts facing – some tougher challenge like he's going to tonight we're finally going to see him meet his match and i mean we're talking about darren stewart here i mean this guy is experienced all around i like i was just saying maki i'm sorry man you're not gonna be able to pin every opponent up against the fence maybe yes you can do that to a kid in the contender series and then some scrub they feed you for your first fight but it ain't gonna happen here my friend yeah um look guys Maki is a good boxer, above average, probably one of the better ones in the UFC right now. Uh, what I do like about him is that he's a volume striker. He does put the pressure on. He does long combinations, especially when he gets you. If you start to cover up against the fence, he just likes to do like a six, seven punch combo, you know, a couple of light ones, and then he'll throw a hammer in there just when you're not expecting it. When you think, oh, okay, these, there's nothing behind these shots, and you start to loosen up, then he hits you with the big one. Um, his takedown defense, I got to say, is pretty fucking terrible. 
he if someone wants to take him down they take him down there's no questions asked it's not there's not really a fight for it it happens uh he is pretty strong when i watched him but that was in the welterweight division but let's be realistic here he's moving up to middleweight Darren Stewart is an ex 205 or moved down to middleweight because he was a little smaller, 205. Now he's fucking huge for that division. He, like, when he was standing next to a couple of the other guys he fought, I was looking at him like, Jesus Christ, you are just easily got to be one of the biggest guys in the division. He's got nasty leg kicks, nasty power in his hands. He's standing at six feet tall. Maki's coming in at 5'9. Um, he's got definitely better takedown defense than Maki does, but he's actually got some pretty solid takedowns on top of that, and he will do that to win rounds. I don't think that's what he needs to do. The only issues that I see with Stewart is he tends to be a low-volume striker. He's pacing himself because in his past he has gassed out a lot, but since then, in his last two fights, he's done a really good job of pacing himself and being able to go the distance while still looking fresh throughout the entire fight. I just think his size, his strength, the power, just the fact that he pretty much does everything better than Maki besides just pure boxing is going to be the difference in why he's going to win this fight. For sure. Uh, next up in the light heavyweight division, we have Omari Akhmedov, 24-1, and coming in as a plus-150 underdog, fighting Chris, the All-American Weidman, 14-5, and minus-135. Look, guys, I wanted to say this was an easy pick, but Chris doesn't make it easy. He's been get, he got a glass jaw, and I'm starting to really worry about it. Um, but when you look at who he's lost to, guys like Dominic Reyes, Jacare Souza, Yoel Romero, Luke Rockhold, Musasi, all of those names have one thing in common. They're fucking elite, and there's no questioning that. Chris Weidman is a BJJ black belt under Matt Serra and Henzo Gracie. He's an NCAA Division I wrestler. He's got a great single leg, awesome submissions. His boxing coach is Ray Longo. He does have some great stand-up. I'm really hoping in this fight that he doesn't try to use it too much. I hope he just uses it enough to get his respect, shoot for the takedown, and really try to outwork Akhmedov against the fence with takedowns and ground and pound. Because Omari, I got to say, has power in his hands. He can knock people out. But his boxing isn't that clean. It doesn't – it's – he's really going for it. Like, he's swinging for the fences. He's really trying to get that knockout. He's not putting combinations together as well as you would like him to see. He does have a nasty liver kick punch, which I do have to admit is really nice. He is a um, – sorry. He is a international master of sport in combat sambo which is going to make him good against the um, fence, which means he does have some pretty solid takedowns himself. But I don't think it's going to be enough to compete with Chris Weidman's um, All-American freestyle wrestling. So I'm taking Chris in this one. Yeah. We're going to go with Chris on this one, guys. You know, yeah, Chris Weidman's law is one in five, all coming by stoppage. But as we said, if you go through the list – these are all elite guys. These aren't just anybody's. These were the hoo-hoos of the UFC. You know, we're going to have to hope here. The only thing that could go wrong in this, because there is no doubt about it that Chris has the skills to beat this young man. 
The only thing we have a concern with, honestly, is is his chin going to hold up to this guy? That could be an issue. Sure, Omari's from Dagestan and is on a little six-fight win streak. You know, usually these are things that are very concerning to us, and it is. But this is Chris Weidman we're talking about. This is an all-American hero. <laughs> the man who beat Anderson Silva, Silva. twice. <laughs> exactly. Got to remember that, you know, after getting toyed with. So, you know, guys, it's, that's where we're coming at with this one. Like, we're, um, we're going to hope that the wiser and the skill level will overdo. But I must say, be very weary of this one, guys. When the odds first opened up, it was just about a, it was a pick em. And is it should be. This is going to be a tight fight only because we don't know where Chris's head's at, really. You know, if he's trying to make a run and, and do this again, then by all means, Chris is coming in with a game plan. But, I mean, I'll tell you guys this. I was there that night in New York when Yoel connected and dropped him. And he just hasn't seen being the same ever since, to be honest with you. <laughs> but who would anybody be? Would, yeah, who would be? Who flies halfway across <laughs> the ring and knee you in the face. <laughs> who would be? But, you know, I like Wideman here a lot. I'm going with him. We got Wideman. Very nice. And then for our main event of the evening, guys, in the heavyweight division, we got Derek, my balls are hot, Lewis. Coming in with 23 and 7 is a minus 230 favorite fighting Alexi Olenek, 59, 13 and 1, a plus 190 underdog. Nick? Sorry. First off, yep, yep, go do it. I'll Sorry. say, because anyone notice my shirt? This is the <laughs> Black Beast. My balls are hot. <laughs> <laughs> I got the t shirt. You know, how can you not? Love Derek Lewis, first off. If you honestly sit there and tell me you're not a Derek Lewis fan, get the fuck out of here. Seriously. Straight up. Guy's a savage after. I mean, gotta love his commentary. Not only that, though, Derek Lewis got some skills. There is no doubt about it. I mean, I've watched him knock guys out with, like, what was it? Like, one of them was, like, 10, 20 seconds left in the last round. Yeah, against Volkov. Against Volkov. I mean, that was crazy. You know, and he was losing. He was losing that fight. Yeah, he was going to lose that fight. So there is no doubt about it. You can never take away from Derek Lewis. That dude's got fire in his hands. There is no doubt. Now, what I read this week, I am super pumped to see what Derek Lewis is all about. You know, as we've seen already, ever since he's had the surgical procedure on his back, on his knee, excuse me, his, they said it's helped his back issues out. So he's no longer having back spasms like he used to, which is what happened in his Francis Nagani fight. You know, that's why he never really pulled the trigger there so much. He said his back was really killing him. Did come out with a victory there, but we all know how that fight was. That was a weird one. Uh, you know, but now he's got his back issues figured out. He's also has been, his coaches have said, this guy is legitimately dieting and eating right and working out correctly. So we're not going to see a fat Derek Lewis. We're going to see an in-shape Derek Lewis, which I think will be enough to overcome Ollie Nick. You know, the only thing that guy's skill-wise is going to be able to do to him is if he can put him down and try and choke him out. Now, if we go back to Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier, unfortunately for Derek Lewis, that was exactly what happened. 
but we were talking about a full-blown championship wrestler. Olympian. Olympian wrestler. wrestler. I don't believe that, you know, Olenek is at that level. Will he be able to take Derek Lewis down? I'm sure he will. I think Derek Lewis has learned a few things from then. I know his plan will be just to get right back up and continue to knock this dude out. That's what's going to happen. I would honestly put the bet in that Derek Lewis does win by knockout. I would almost even think about putting it in Derek Lewis wins by just decision. That might also be an interesting one to put in as well as just money line Derek Lewis, obviously. Very nice. Yeah. Look, I'm on the same boat with Nick here. The black beast is a savage, no matter which way you put it. He's an entertaining fighter and hearing the news that he's in the best shape he's ever been in, you know, he's dieting correctly. I'm really excited to see which this new version of Derek Lewis, because I, he can, he can be one of the best in the heavyweight division. He could give a run. You know, he's beaten Francis Ngannou once. Who's to say he couldn't do it twice. I'm not saying I 100% believe that, but I'd love to see the rematch. If mm-hmm. the best version of Derek Lewis, we see if he actually comes out against Alexi. Look, and like Nick said, since 2015, he's only lost to Mark Hunt, Daniel Cormier, and Junior Dos Santos. Now, that was Mark Hunt, you know, giving his best moments of his career. That's the one he lost to. Daniel Cormier is probably one of the greatest heavyweights ever to do it. And then Junior Dos Santos, an absolute fucking savage. Again, one of the best heavyweights ever. Yep. What I like about Derek Lewis here is he's one of those kind of he's he's really grown and matured as well. He's great at pacing himself, you know, he's kind of pawing at you, waiting, you know, just kind of watching your movements, figuring out your um your tendencies, and then he explodes and just hits you with like a four or five punch combination, which any one of those punches is gonna drop you. And then he takes it easy, he's defending himself, he's adjusting. Where Alexi here, his issues are Dude, will you watch his stand-up? He is so slow. His punches you can see coming a mile away. And if he thinks Derek Lewis is going to be afraid of those punches when he's coming in, he's got another thing coming. He's going to get dropped. No doubt in my mind. The only way that this master of sports and combat Sambo and BJJ Black Belt is going to win this fight is if he can get Derek Lewis to the fence without getting clipped, which is a big ask on its own, and then taking him down. I just can't really see it happening. Although I will admit, we in the last fight we watched, all Nick in, he was in the best shape of his career. He did look good. But coming in at 43 years old against a guy who I think is probably top talent at the heavyweight division in, in his prime, I'm having a tough time buying that. And those for those reasons, I agree with Nick. Take Derek Lewis by fucking knockout. That's the way I see it going. Do we know if this is a five-round fight? Yes, it's a five-round fight. Yeah, I would go with the knockout. It's going to happen in the five rounds. 100%. 100%. All right, guys. Well, that is all for us tonight. We'll be back with you guys on Sunday morning for the recap of what happened. As always, like we're saying, guys, if you want to be entered in for the T-shirt giveaway, comment, like, subscribe, do all the above. Please, thumbs up, like the video, subscribe to us so you can see this great content we're putting out. We need you. Besides that, that's all I got. Yeah. And, you know, it's just fun for us, you know, to see people signing up, liking our videos. It really helps motivate us. And, yeah, that's all I can ask for, guys. This is your last chance to enter. 
Let's do it. Right on. All right, guys. And, but yeah, oh. for the big show, Daniel Cormier, my boy. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, peace. Take it easy.